0: when you hit rock bottom you can't muscle it anymore mm-hmm. if you're going to get through it you have to accept where you are ready
1: welcome to the eat play crush podcast i am your host mary shinoda Over my career as a performance chef and specialist to some of the most elite athletes and entertainers, I have found that the gap between what they do and what you can accomplish is much more relatable than we make it seem. Performance and wellness should be inclusive. And I believe that if you have a body, you're performing at some level, whether you're a world-class athlete or simply someone like you and me. And it goes far beyond just nutrition. So my aim with this podcast is to share real life stories and expert advice to inspire and make a difference so that you may eat well, play hard and crush life. Before we get into today's episode, a quick disclaimer that this was recorded prior to the sag a strike. Okay, ready? One, two, three. <laughs>
2: Yay! I am
1: so excited. Welcome to the Eat, Play, Crush podcast.
2: Oh, I'm so
1: My first guest, maybe not the first recording, we haven't decided that, but I have with me the incredible, the otherworldly, the kind, the hilarious Lupita. Thank you for, thank you so much for this. If I go on beyond that thing so we will start crying. (laughs) So we'll end it there.
0: Thank you. It is my absolute pleasure to be doing this with you. And this is the first
1: time I've seen you in person since I left you in London, I realized.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. But you were with me for the whole entire
1: journey, is yes, it? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, for context, uh, even when we're not together, I'm still shipping you food. So, I'm always helping you through performance. Mm-hmm. But the last time I got to see you in person was prep for another role in mm-hmm. London. And it was uh, a different prep than yes. that we did for Black Panther.
0: Absolutely. So, we got introduced to each other during the pandemic. Yes. I was in Kenya. Yes. Um, it was uh, 2021. Yes. I was, I had just been informed of our start dates for Wakanda Forever. Yes. And um, I was getting my mind wrapped around getting back to like work and seeing people and being an actor after a year of like being afraid of the uh, entire world. Yes. And uh, a mutual friend. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Introduced me to you. Yes. Um, and said that you were the person, you were the performance chef to work with to get ready for Black Panther because you don't just cook food, mm-hmm. you dial in people yeah. so that they can perform at their best because you understand the minutiae of how food mm-hmm. fuels us. Mm-hmm. So
1: that's and, how we met. And beyond just physical, which we'll, we'll get Absolutely. into. But I remember in this moment you told me, because I don't remember our actual conversation. I know how I set the stage with a new client or, yeah. or a potential new client. Uh-huh. And I'm remembering you said there was something I said about uh, compliance <laughs> that yes. you said that stood out. Because going into it, I took the, the introduction from our friend very seriously and I knew what you were about to embark on. So I wanted to be very clear on the buy in mm-hmm. because of what was going to be uncovered in mm-hmm. the process of getting that intimate with your body through mm-hmm. performance. Mm-hmm. And so I want to hear from your perspective, what what that was like hearing that, if you'd heard that before and talk me through the difference between prepping for Black Panther 1 and Black Panther
0: 2, and then we'll get into that the other rep, rep prep. What I was looking for was for someone who understands nutrition to, because I've always known that Food is fuel. Mm-hmm. Food is the gateway to to good health, mm-hmm. right? What you put in your body affects what you put out. Mm-hmm. When it came to the first Black Panther, uh, the very first person that I was set up with really didn't understand the relationship between the body you're feeding mm-hmm. and what you feed them. Mm-hmm. I feel too often people who say that they are performance chefs, I, I don't even know whether that's a like a, a term people use beyond you. but I honestly don't know. I like to take credit for it. <laughs> well, then I'm giving you full credit because I, I honestly hadn't even heard that term until I met you, and it mm-hmm. makes sense, right? But the people who work with folks who use their bodies, like – For sports, martial arts, Mm -hmm. uh, and and what we do as actors, the very first person I worked with really just copy pasted what they were doing for a male client of Mm -hmm. theirs who has a totally different body, different height, different body mass index, all of that. And so when I started, I remember the food, there was lots of carbs, protein, and then like the littlest of vegetables. And I ended up putting on so much weight, Mm -hmm. my mass expanded. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I had to work backwards. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, 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 this isn't working. Mm -hmm. And I insisted on seeing a nutritionist, Mm -hmm. you know, so that I I knew that someone who was going to help me get right needed to understand how my body functions. So I went to a nutritionist who broke it down and it was just my instinct, you know. Um, And then um, I was paired with another chef who cooked good food. Mm -hmm. With the guidelines, she was able to prepare something close to what it was that I needed, but it wasn't fully informed. I mean, it was about uh, making recipes to the amounts Mm -hmm. that she always made, to the amounts that um, the guidelines said, but it was very, very general. Mm -hmm. So when this friend of ours said, no, I know a woman who actually works almost like a nutritionist, uh, and she understands the macros and micros, mm-hmm. all terms that I don't even understand. Talk to her and see, because I think she's the person you need. And so in that conversation that we had, first of all, I was taken aback by how like direct you were. <laughs> you were super professional, but you were very direct, and uh, you said well, what it would take... Um, and how you work, you know, with the reset to begin with Mm -hmm. and all of that. There was like a structure to the way you presented your methodology that actually put my mind at ease because that was the detail that I was looking for. You know, I want to be able to, and the fact that you calibrate it's very prescriptive. The, it's very prescriptive. You were like, we're gonna have to be in close contact. I want is to hear tech I want text messages from you about uh how the food how the food tastes and how it's making you feel. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna know, I'm gonna want information that you're not used yes. to giving <laughs> folks. Yes. We have you an NDA, know, right? <laughs> there is an NDA <laughs> and you're gonna have to tell me, you know, about <laughs> things like bowel movement. Yes, yes. You know, because that's how you can tell how food is affecting you. And then I remember you said, and what I can do is I can, I can prescribe these things and I can provide you the food, but it is up to you to actually eat the food. And should you eat anything else, that's on you, Right. basically, right, is what you right. said. And you were like, I, can, I, cannot, I cannot be responsible for the ways in which you veer from the diet that I recommend. And I remember thinking, yo, this is my chick. <laughs> Because I love a rule book, especially right. when I have a goal in mind yes. to have that very, very, very close guidance and support is so refreshing to me, right. you know, because then and and, and honestly one of the things that i wanted was to not have to worry about what i was eating right. i wanted my meals ready and i eat them when they're there and i wanted to enjoy them yes and so i remember coming back to the us and you put me on that reset mm-hmm. that really revealed a lot to yes. me it yes. was what what is it uh 3 days was it 3, three days three of days that specific broth of broth and, and then that and 4 then you days break into just eating it was liver mm-hmm. and Beets. and and beets tahini, and, all these and, and you didn't like to remember you're I like i don't tahini. like to i didn't like i wasn't sure i mean i did like liver but i just i i eat liver as responsibility right and then i tasted your liver and, you and i was like <laughs> and you learned a lot about your body cuz it's did. an investigative period for exactly. me exactly and i remember being pissed off i was very glad that i didn't have to be anywhere when i was doing just the broth cuz obviously uh, your your body is deprived of the things that it's used to sugars, mm-hmm. you know, that give you immediate energy and 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 zhuzh. And now there was none of that, so I found myself very short tempered. I remember <laughs> He warned me. <laughs> um, but then once that period was over and I was eating the liver and the blueberries and the beets, it was so delicious. I remember being like, "Oh my god!" The, I, the dopamine hit that I was getting from those mm-hmm. the, those morsels of food was so. Amazing, amazing. So in a sense, working with you really changed my palate, you right. know. Um, and I found that our relationship has made has helped me understand mm-hmm. food and its role in my in my life so much better. How it affects me physically, how it affects me emotionally right. and spiritually. Right. You know, the fact that you could give me something to to eat or drink that can help me focus during um, a session right. of of work. You know, those kinds of things that you can really eat to complement what other activities your day is going to have. And you've become
1: so aware of that. I've become super so aware. what I, I was listening to another interview that you did, because I'm like, let me prep on my friend. <laughs> and you talked about um, the context of at one point in your life feeling blocked by seeing what's possible. And it had to do with you talking about how you didn't vocalize that you wanted to be an actor until Mm. much later in life. Mm -hmm. And that the word block stood out to me because Mm. you and I met at an interesting place for both of us, this unshedding essentially. And I believe so strongly in a sense of agency begins with what you put into your body. Mm. And I was showing you how to be very deliberate in what you put in your body and how I prepped you before the reset. Emotions are going to come up, thoughts are going to come up and just be prepared to hold space for that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've experienced all the unblocking that may have been, you know, shoved into an area with nutrition, especially how it affects hormones and all of these things. But that experience of prepping for strength for Black Panther and then going into another experience of dropping weight, Mm -hmm. but doing it mindfully and doing it gently and and what that meant for you in like the emotional journey and the and we'll we'll talk about, you know, peacocking and yes. <laughs> and showing up. Yeah. But what I wanna hear again, like how how you learned to hold space for your emotions through the journey of nutrition.
0: You know, I think also the moment at which we met was an interesting moment in the world, right? The world had shut down. Everything that was supposed to be urgent disappeared and people were forced to be still, and in that stillness came with a lot of time to grow one's Mm self-awareness, right? And so I was already in that moment where I was um, spending a lot of time investigating my interiority, uh, enough to articulate to myself what the desires of my heart were. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really prepared me to even express what I was looking for in order to be able to receive Mm -hmm. the information about you. Because I was saying it out loud Mm -hmm. and someone who had a solution heard me and was able to provide it for me. And then that now dovetailed into now the role that food plays Mm -hmm. in what is possible for you. And because of your approach, that sort of intentional approach to preparing food and to wanting to hear back from me how the food was affecting me, that kind of forced me to listen to my body in ways that I don't think I ever really had. Mm -hmm. I was aware of things like bloating sensations Mm -hmm. because they had been eliminated when I did the reset. You know, I was aware of indigestion. I was aware of, of I was aware of my freaking bowel movements <laughs> and how they change. You know, and having to pay attention, right. Really, really has changed my overall relationship with food because now, because I'm eating quote unquote clean,
2: mm-hmm.
0: when I eat something that doesn't agree with me, I'm it's easier for me to identify, right? right, And it doesn't mean you have to avoid it altogether. Because no. you st- still have fun. No, no, no. You have to have fun, but you at least know the cost, right? Right, And so when you're going to take that chip, you understand the cost. Mm-hmm. So it's you're not blaming other things, you know? So I think it, it's been easy for, easier for me to identify what is a dietary issue that is now causing an emotional issue, right. you right. know, because I'm uncomfortable, which might make me short-tempered. Right. Because I'm bloated right. and then I know, okay, I've got to go and drink some chlorophyll, you know, right. to, to like <laughs> offset that and maybe help me with my patients today. And then like if I have something big going on, then I'll avoid these foods because right. I know that they they have this effect on me. That agency, that, that could, agency. like I know what to do with each day.
1: As it has to do with something I have to do from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, which is fuel
0: myself. Exactly. And you know, one thing I, my mother is a health freak and has been since I was like, what, 10 or 11, she Mm -hmm. had this big like realization that. Mm-hmm. health is your greatest wealth and food is the way to, yes. to get to health. I was health. scared
1: of her when I met her for the first time because you were prepping for that. She goes, so you are the one that yeah. is starving my child. I'm like, no,
2: not me. We're getting ready for a role.
0: Yeah. So she is very, very well informed and has. Mm-hmm. But I found that um, before this relationship, I've been overwhelmed by what it would take to understand mm-hmm. nutrition you know it's just overwhelming and then supplements oh my god there's so many mm-hmm. you there's so many things that you need you people say you need you must take to to stay alive and it's overwhelming and when if you, you ask do- somebody
1: why why are you taking that supplement exactly. they're like uh, 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 uh I'm like uh, wait, let's let's figure that out
0: exactly and so i think that our this it's been incremental and i one of the things that i have to say about how, how you do things is that you are you said this at the beginning i'm i can give you as much or as little information mm, mm-hmm. as you need mm-hmm. and so i feel like it's grown incrementally. And it started with, let me know how you feel. Mm -hmm. Because then when I wake up the next day and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling gassy. And then you say, it could be X. Mm -hmm. That is a a learning curve, a tiny learning curve that doesn't feel overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So now I know, oh, garlic, can make me feel gassy. Mm -hmm. And of course, beans can make me feel gassy. Mm -hmm. And then it builds into another learning curve, like this will add to inflammation Mm -hmm. and this will reduce inflammation. Mm -hmm. So it's been slow and deliberate in a way that now I feel like, I've done a course. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? I've done a course and I'm, I'm emboldened by the by the information that I received yeah. from this. Seeing your writer change from when we met
1: to now, <laughs> when I get to the approval of the writer. Yeah. The first writer, I, you know, chuckled. And then now when I get a writer and I'm like, look
0: at look at all this and ed- she's learned. I'm so proud. Yeah. And it comes from how good I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, those changes are Are easier to make because I know how much better I feel. Another thing I admire about your approach is that you're not about losing the fun of eating. Mm -mm. While you're focused on, a, on providing fuel and nutrition for your clients, you also understand that food is a little bit of entertainment, mm-hmm. and that there needs to be a dopamine hit when soul. you're eating. Yeah, that's gotta be soul. You gotta enjoy it. You wanna savor it. And so, like you would make me those brownies, and they're. And they're gluten free and dairy free and sugar free and they're delicious. Yeah. They'll be you know? back soon. Now that we're <laughs> now that we're on to but another project. I, yeah, but now I, I I don't care for sugar because so your palate's changed. My palate's yeah. changed, and I'm really happy. I'm really really happy. I don't feel the need to return to a sugar. Like sugar is no longer where I get my joy. Right. I get it. I like it. Like, Crazy ass things like seaweed, <laughs> and, and I'm like, mm, mm, mm. I feel like I could I'm peckish for like blueberries, yeah, I love that, <laughs> but so it's enjoyable still, right, and I and I've shared your food with some of my friends and my my girlfriend um did a would come over and um, and I would say, hey, I have some prepared meals. Um, I can make you one because I have an extra one over. She would look at me sideways like, mm, what's going on? Mm. And then she, I would prepare it and give it to her. And she'd be like, man, this food is good. I can't <laughs> lie. It came from the freezer, but it's <laughs> incredible. It came from a, what do you call those? Vacuum sealed yeah, bag. Yeah. But like, ooh, it is tasty. So it, you see, I see... I enjoy my food all the time and people that I share with enjoy it too. So it's just like, you don't have to give up on the joy of eating Mm -hmm. in order to remain healthy. Mm -hmm. And that has been amazing. Mm -hmm. So that now when I'm at a party and, you know, there's things going around, pizza, I don't do dairy, I don't do soy, I don't do gluten or whatever. And cheese and all that and i'm like i'm good cuz you know how it affects you i know how personally, it affects personally right me. we're not making a sweeping statement that everyone needs no, to no, avoid no no these no, things. no you don't need to avoid those things but i know when my body is working at its optimum and it's when i'm avoiding right. these things right and it's it hasn't cost me the joy of eating right and that is is amazing
1: so on the tip of performing optimally mm-hmm. so i'm I'm excited to see who I become through this process of podcasting mm-hmm. and really being able to identify for each peop- each person what does eat play crush mean to them because mm-hmm. the eat is step one I want you to feel incredible so you can play and crush life yeah and what that means to mm-hmm. each person mm-hmm. and so you're now feeling great you have agency over how you're going to approach wellness each day yeah how does Eat, play, crush translate to you as an actor, as someone who is involved in many projects, creative works, personal works. Like, how how has that changed how you approach your life from this place of, I'm solid now? My
0: body is solid. Well, let me tell you for one thing, nowadays I safeguard my mealtime like I, in a military fashion. I just, I no longer want to compromise my mealtime because it's my fuel, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that in the past, there is a societal sort of approach to eating as like, as a by the way, work precedes eating. -hmm. Too often. Mm -hmm. And so in the past, like I would have press days, and we're going from here, we're gonna go to this. We're starting good morning, America, and then we're going here, and Mm -hmm. then we're gonna, and then you're gonna grab a bite of it, and it's just like a blip. It is not as thought out, even where you're gonna eat, Mm -hmm. has not been figured out until a half hour before you eat. Yeah. And so you end up shortchanging your fuel. And you still expect yourself to perform at the level mm-hmm. that you would if you were properly fueled. Mm-hmm. And there's just a cl- complete oversight of the importance of eating and, and fueling your body for the work that you're doing. And now I safeguard it. And when I'm looking at my, my the forecast of my week, mm-hmm. I'm like, where am I eating? How am I eating? It makes me so proud. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like because... And it it seems, and I block out an hour of time, even for this podcast, I'm like, listen, Mm -hmm. I have to eat the food you prepared (laughs) me and I've got to eat it mindfully, you know, and when I do, when I've made that time for myself to eat and get fueled right, my day goes so much smoother, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's about that middle day, middle of the day, and even at the end of the day, just making mindful meal times is key mm-hmm. and it's not it's not even a tall ask no no but we <laughs> we not. we make it such an afterthought yeah and like you know living in new york for so long everyone's everything is is on the move mm-hmm. another thing that has fascinated me now is like how hard it is to find nutritious food. Mm-hmm. Everyone's offering the same, and also the, our diets are becoming so narrow. Mm-hmm. One of the big things, this is a complete tangent, but an important one, is I learned the importance of fermented foods mm-hmm. during this process. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't realized that I had eliminated fermented foods from my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's also because I didn't understand what fermented foods do, mm. what how important it is for your gut. What did you think they did before? I don't know. They were just things my mother forced me to eat. <laughs> You know, those It vegetables. all goes back to mother knowing. Ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing about comprehensive cuisines, right? Yeah. When you come from a culture, yeah, of traditional foods, right? You have that cuisine. The whole body of the cuisine has, unbeknownst to those of us who eat it, it is catering to the things that humans need right. in order to stay alive. Right. When you t- you when you come out of that environment, that culture, that System, and go into urban areas where every food is available to you mm-hmm. and it's all about choice mm-hmm. and you, you deciding what you're going to eat. And what happens if you are not nutritionally intelligent is that you, avo- you end up th- eliminating things from your diet that you truly need right. and you don't even realize it. So when I stopped eating my my family's sour vegetables mm-hmm. and I moved to the states, now I can eat whatever I want. I can eat Indian food today, and then I'll eat Thai tomorrow, and I'll eat American and in Italian. And I'm eating my favorite things, mm-hmm. but in those things might not be the ve- the one ingredient that mm-hmm. I need to keep my gut healthy. Mm-hmm. And for me. It's fermented foods and probiotics. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been hearing people talk about probiotics, probiotics, and I'd buy probiotics and just put them in my fridge to feel better about myself. <laughs> I don't know what they they do. I don't know what. Da, There's da, da, da. so many strains. It's, right.
1: So that comes with a sense of awareness too. Exactly. So I don't think I never want to intimidate someone and think, make them think they don't know nutrition. No, Your body is so intelligent and it mm-hmm. will tell you if you stop and listen. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you uh, have the power of choice and you're picking your favorites, if you are not aware of your body, you're not really paying attention no, to you're not. how it may not be performing or sleeping well or whatever, or even gas. you're so gassy, but you're like, oh, it's just because I had so-and-so for dinner, but it's like, but, but you also, de- sometimes what you don't even it?
0: remember yes. that you're gassy because you're so used to being right. gassy. Right. You don't, when, so when someone asks you, are you gassy? You're like, mm, I don't know. Like I was so used to having a little discomfort after every meal. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a life where you didn't have to feel that, Right. you know? And so it's the same thing with probiotics and fermented foods. I eliminated fermented foods because mm, I don't like kimchi mm-hmm. and I have pickled... Cucumber I'm you not into these things now, <laughs> exactly, but it's also because I understand mm-hmm. I, I, and also I just didn't know how to eat kimchi, yeah, right, how to eat them, and I didn't know why, so I didn't know that I didn't know that right. I was missing out on this group of foods right. that I so badly needed, right. and then once I was taught, oh, probiotics can be found in fermented vegetables, and those help to give your gut. The right environment for digestion. Oh, okay. Is this the next children's book? <laughs> Maybe. And so now I'm like, I need to eat something fermented every day. Mm-hmm. And that's such an easy adjustment. I just need to find that fermented thing that I like and eat it every day. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm now when I'm looking at a menu and I because I'm so aware of what's going in my body. Right. I'll be like, Oh, that has fermented, that has something fermented in it. Let me get that because I need it, you know, cause I haven't had it today. Agency.
2: Oh my God. Agency.
1: And like you said, people are so used to living in discomfort. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by LiveCap, a carefully crafted probiotic with a primary focus on oxygen optimization, which can help improve your gut health, nutrient absorption, immune system function, and overall wellness. I have a bit to say here, so stick with me as this is not your average sponsor read to just skip over. Many of you have probably gotten used to living in discomfort and can relate to the common factors that weaken your gut, such as stress, disrupted sleep, diet choices, environmental changes and intense training. When it comes to your body's performance and recovery, what's going on in your gut is critical and historically been overlooked which is why no matter age, gender, sport, or profession, starting with gut health is a non-negotiable in my practice when I'm building out a program for a client. Lupita and I just touched upon fermented foods as a source of probiotics, which I'll tell you more about in the Performance Spotlight segment at the end of the episode, but this is a great place to pause and introduce you to our darling sponsor. Formulated by a pioneer in the gut microbiome and brought to market by a 20-year gastroenterologist, livecap was created for athletes weekend warriors and everyday health enthusiasts which chances are if you're listening to my podcast you fall into one of those categories before i was introduced to livecap i would suggest staying on top of your probiotic consumption simply through fermented foods because i wasn't all that stoked on any particular products on the market But after my first call with Dr. Davies, their founder, I was fired up in the same way I would get fired up about going into the playoffs with one of my athletes. Just for some context on how much of a gut health nerd I am. I immediately began testing both of their products, Strong and Elite, with my clients, testing it with myself, with my EPC team members, and even family members over the course of several months. Across the board, everyone's feedback was positive, from my assistant having lifelong bloat being relieved, to my athletes having increased endurance, to my client having more focus in his meetings, to my sibling having reduced soreness in their legs. It sounds spread out in terms of experiences, but when you dive into the science and mechanism of LiveCap and what I touched upon about oxygen optimization, it all connects. I asked to officially partner with Dr. Davies and LiveCap to champion the product to whomever I can reach. Now my producer begged that I not get any more sciency than I already have in this read. So to learn more about LiveCap and our partnership, visit eatplaycrush.com. There are two products, like I mentioned, one that is available to anyone and one that is only available to athletes and currently exclusively through my website. It is a higher priced probiotic by comparison to what you're probably used to seeing on the market. But once you dig into the science behind it, you will see this is definitely worth fitting into your gut health budget. Check out the show notes for a direct link to get live cap or visit eatplaycrush.com to learn more. That's the other essence that Eat Play Crush is living in discomfort. I'm not even just talking about food in your body, but it's energetically, we're so accustomed to discomfort or you and I talked about playing small or trying to hide and any of those things. Mm -hmm. And to watch clients, family, friends who find that they're able to ease discomfort in their body, then become more aware and have more time to address discomfort in their lives and their decisions. And that's that's where the the essence of Eat Play Crush is. It's food is just the tool for me. But it's like, how can I make sure that you are great. And for me, it has to do with mortality. And I want you to live your greatest life while Mm -hmm, you're here mm -hmm. and thriving.
0: Yes. There is the food affecting your emotion and and mental state. And then there's the other way around Mm -hmm. where your emotions are affecting your, your, your body, you know, like both are Mm -hmm. important. And I definitely feel that when my body is calm, Mm -hmm. I'm able to address more clearly the other challenges in my life, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the challenges in my life will bring about discomfort in mm-hmm. my body. Mm-hmm. But now I can sort, I can identify that because mm-hmm. I know, well, I haven't eaten anything that would offend me in this way. This feeling mm-hmm. is translating into a physical, man, it's being, is physically manifesting yes. in me in such a way that is giving me indigestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I'm stressed out. Mm-hmm. I need to go and get a massage. Mm-hmm. I need to do a breathing exercise. Mm-hmm. I got to go for a walk and get some fresh air because I am aware of where the thing... I can't blame things, you know. Uh, it's it's harder for me now to to just excuse right. um, that physical discomfort because right. I'm just way more aware of what might be causing it.
1: Right. So when we were talking personally about like the awakening Mm. that Mm -hmm. you're experiencing Mm -hmm. and whether it happened to coincide with your journey with nutrition and more body awareness Mm -hmm. or just, I don't know, kismet that it's happening at the same time, like could have happened without. But yeah, something that I look to to you is you're an example to me of strength and vulnerability, Mm. of being able to show up Fiercely in your softness, like I've always felt very safe. Yeah, to be fiercely mm. soft mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. softly fierce—that mm, is definitely you. But that's what, but no, that's what I see in you and the space you allow. And were you always like that?
0: No, absolutely not. <laughs> Well, I learned from my parents to avoid conflict in the form of fighting. But when I was younger, I was a fighter. Oh, my God. I was a fighter. I would get super emotional. And I, I, would, I would implode and then explode a lot. And now um, I am slow to that kind of anger mm-hmm. because I express myself early. I've learned to express myself along the way rather than to wait until the shit hits the fan mm-hmm. to get my point across, but I'm still very much a work in progress in that sense. The awakening that I'm experiencing now and it's interesting, it eh? you uh, you go through these seasons where you're like I'm so awake, I'm so aware. <laughs> And then, look at me, life knocks you down and you're like, I have been asleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you're like, okay, now I'm awake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of going through one of those moments where I'm like, I feel more awake than I have ever felt. And it is very much tied to the relationship, what has been required of my body Mm -hmm. In my work Mm -hmm. over the last two years, Mm -hmm. for Wakanda Forever, I had to bulk up, learn how to swim and free dive and all these things, these physical requirements of my body. And you didn't just learn how to swim, you did... Serious
1: underwater strength training, holding your breath underwater, like pushing your body to one limit of an extreme.
0: Yes. And I had come from thinking that my bones were too heavy for me to ever swim. (laughs) Like, you know, that had been my mentality. And so then I learned... Is that scientifically proven? Well, I was about to prove it. I was doing a survey. I was interviewing people, asking them what they felt. My family was split. Was split fifty fifty. <laughs> Half of them were like, "Yeah, my bones, my you bones are heavy." Oh yes. And then others were like, "I can't help but float." And I was like, "That is crazy." <laughs> so anyway, when I did my training, I now I can't help but float mm-hmm. because I've made peace, or like with with like water.
2: Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that so was one extreme. That's
0: one extreme, and then the and I did another project right after. Um, where I had to really, really lose some weight, some and a considerable <laughs> amount of weight, and so you know the reason why I love my job of being an actor is that it requires me to inhabit different bodies, mm-hmm. and sometimes that can be just emotional and mental and spiritual, but then some, it oftentimes it's also physical. Mm-hmm. And there is a humbling that comes with conditioning your body for something that you're not used to. And you're different. Like you go all in. I, you commit. I am committed. Yes, I do latch on, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I I want I take on roles that I feel have something to teach me. Mm-hmm. And I really feel that for me, I have this one life. Mm-hmm. If I'm gonna take on another life, how is it? Of value to this one life of mine. Mm-hmm. That's how I consider material, and so these two movies. And I always feel like the role comes when I, the, the you know what they say about this: the teacher will appear when the student is ready. Right. So I feel like these roles comes into my come into my life because I am ready I was as a witness a To that,
1: it was wild. Thank you. The details of it. Yeah. Everything that you experienced
0: to get ready for that one too. It was trying and I knew it was going to be challenging, but man, and the fact that it it came at a time when truly, truly, truly my real life was falling apart. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about this. One of, one of the, the, the things that, you know, I'm going to be asking is eat, play, crush. Sometimes yeah. you're crushing life. Yeah. And sometimes you get crushed by life. Yes. And... In either instance, what you do next and how you approach it leads you to where you are today. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how that was, for me, for better or worse, or for best, a front row seat to
0: you being crushed. Yeah. Life crushed me (laughs) as I was getting ready to crush this role. Yeah. Life really did crush me. Something fierce. I mean, I was, I I just, I had so many things just nosedive. Professionally, personally, issues with my health. And they all happened. It felt like they happened in one week. I was going to say, I I, I think it did. Yeah.
1: It actually was. It all
0: just caved in. Because I think
1: I got a text like, okay, here's today.
0: And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It was like, I would get. Emails, we need to talk to you urgently for my team. And then I get on the phone and it's, guess what? Bad news. (laughs) And on top of that, bad news. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, bad news. And I was like, okay, okay. And then the doctor, I need to call you. Right. Bad news. And then, I mean, it was just bad news after bad news. And I just felt a dark cloud descend on me. And it was a time when I was depriving myself of food, you know, in order for the to, role, for the role, <laughs> for the role, you know, I my 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 diet was we were reducing the, my calories yeah. uh, in order to um, you know in order to in a, a healthy fashion mm-hmm. reach this goal for this role, and and that is a challenge in and of itself. The fact that that challenge was coming with everything else, I got to a point where I hit my elastic limit. Yeah. And I found myself one weekend, right before I started this project, without the energy to get off my couch. Mm -hmm. It was so overwhelming that, you know how you can cry and put muscle into it? Like, you can really cringe your face and like, I didn't even have energy for that. The tears were just like falling out my face, just like. I didn't know what to do. And luckily, I have friends and family. My friend and my sister said to me, You don't have to do anything. Mm. Just surrender. And then my dialect coach said to me, Hema Children, Living Beautifully Through Uncertainty and Change. Mm. Get that book. And I got this book. I mean, the energy took to go online and press buy. Add to cart. Add to cart. I bought that book and I sat on that couch. My sister was with me and I read out the first chapter because I was like, I need your support Mm -hmm. even in reading this book. And she speaks about surrender so beautifully. But what she was requiring of me, I didn't know how to do. You know this unclutching, uh, in order to allow for life to be exactly what it is when it is so undesirable. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my sister, and we both had a good cry because we were like, "We don't know how to do this." The <laughs> unclutching—that's—it feels impossible, even
1: even to hear when yeah. you're going through something. Yeah, and then going through everything.
2: Yeah.
0: The thing is, when you hit rock bottom in any form. And this is a subjective thing, rock bottom.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Your rock bottom could be a very different one from mm-hmm. mine. And there is no, there need not be any judgment. No of triaging. No. no. It's like, it's not, there's no rock bottom Olympics, mm-hmm. right? My rock bottom is mine. Yours is yours. And we all have to deal with it. But there is a gift in rock bottom because when you're at rock bottom, you can't you can't, you there the you can't muscle it anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You have to really come to terms. If you're gonna get through it, you have to accept where you are, and that is a moment of stillness mm-hmm. that is so hard to achieve otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, and in the book she talks about the churnal grounds, which is this Buddhist in Tibet when people die. They're left out in on these grounds and the scavengers come to get them and these uh, meditation masters will go and meditate among these dying things this right as, a, as the deepest form of surrender yeah and I started to realize, oh, when you're at rock bottom, it's a churnal ground, you know and being able to accept it live through it allow for it is the only way to come out the other side in any sort of meaningful way mm-hmm. and what does what do the churnal grounds teach you mm-hmm. about how to live your life mm-hmm. when you face death mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. all around you you know it's a gift so anyway <laughs> all that to say that the surrender i went through at the start of that project when usually I would be a, I would be arriving on set with a whole bunch of insecurity mm-hmm. that I compensate for by being super demanding mm-hmm. or or you know forward and yeah. and like I'm trying to act like I know what I'm doing when I'm most panicked but because of the churnal grounds I was at I had to be just so honest about what I knew and what I didn't know. And I found myself making a deal with myself to not muscle through it. Mm -hmm. I've been preparing. And as an actor, we're always going to deal with uh, imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. We're never going to be enough. And that's part of the beauty of it. So why don't I just go into this process with the curiosity of surrender? that's that fierce softness.
1: Yeah, cuz when I got to London, yeah. <laughs> we'd achieved what we needed to achieve with your physicality. I was quite shocked. Yeah, I guess I'm supposed to be proud that we we did we did, <laughs> we did, did it. it. I hate we everything about this but we did it. <laughs> but that was the energy you were holding. Yeah. It I was had no fight. It was but the 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 surrender, the unclutching is a form of fighting too. It is. It's a form of like just letting the sprout sprout from the ash.
0: It's, it's recognizing that it's not all, not all up to you, mm-hmm. that you are one piece of the puzzle of your life, that all these things that have brought you to rock bottom are playing a role in your life, mm-hmm. as will the things that will bring you up. So like you being in London, even though I was at rock bottom, I could look and have gratitude that you are the continuum for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This is a reliable thing, and you're fueling me in a way that I can count on, mm-hmm. you know? And even in that, just allowing for the good and the bad, mm-hmm. that it was a real moment of Zen practice, <laughs> I have to tell you. I don't wanna go back there, but <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. I don't want to. But <laughs> those, like, sardines was, well, yes, those sardines were great, though. Remember those sardines? We had these sardines <laughs> from this Italian restaurant that were just incredible. <laughs> Um, shout out Italian restaurant. <laughs> but then you, when when life, when you get beyond the churnal grounds, when you get back into like the muscling of life, you kid yourself. It's an illusion that you're in control. Mm. We're always in this illusion that we're in control. And those moments, those churnal ground moments, are moments to remind yourself that you're not. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, how far can you carry that ju- that antithetical energy mm-hmm. to remind yourself when things are not going well, it's the ebb and flow of life. It's never gonna be all good and it's never gonna be all bad. Like there is ebb and flow. So starting the project that way, I'd never started a project that way where I realized that my insecurity did not need to result in an external aggression. Mm-hmm. That I could I could trust, I that I needed to trust. In the moment to moment learning. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about having it all figured out and showing up and performing it. It was about being open enough for change to mm-hmm. flow through me, you know? And so I ended up having so much you fun. You did. You did. I had so much fun. You broke everything down by steps, too. Like, it,
1: it, I know you're saying I was there with the food, but even if I wasn't there, you'd learn so much about your body and so much about nutrition. Yeah. And you were capable of controlling your next meal. What am I going to eat? How am I'm going to feel myself? The baby steps of it. Absolutely. And then when you got settled, okay, I need to find a place that will provide me a sauna or a place that will provide me body work. You did all these little things yeah. to keep caring for your vessel, mm-hmm. even though everything around you was uncertain and you were feeling those things. Yeah. Like you like stuck to the basics that you've learned. Yeah. Far beyond, heaven forbid, I leave and you don't have a me anymore. Yeah. You have, you've learned so much about your body to have control over
0: just that piece. I've learned so many things and I feel like I have a whole lot more agency than I ever, ever did. And what I've learned is that my body is the baseline Mm -hmm. and I've got to take care of my body Mm -hmm. because without that, everything else falls apart. Even if there's all this chaos, eh? Oh, professional, this and that. Ultimately, what I can help is my body. Mm-hmm. So finding ways to to be do right by it, mm-hmm. and I think actually that diet was extremely helpful because it whittled it down to the bare necessity. There was no hiding anything the, anywhere. No, and it, it. I felt a vulnerability in my body that I've never felt before.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Never, ever, ever felt before. And I had to protect myself. I had to protect myself. In order to show up fiercely, I had to be soft with my body. Mm-hmm. Gentle. I had to listen to it and give it what it needed. And you know what ended up happening? I could feel illness coming up. Mm. Like mm-hmm. if I was too tired or I had been exposed to too much cold, I could feel my, the alarm in my body. And I would speak up and say, I have to go to bed. I'm still working on my bedtime though. I have a hard time going to bed. Mm-hmm. But to hear that alarm is power because there's so much in this world that will deafen you to your body's alarm system. Mm-hmm. So much. Mm-hmm. And if we can grant ourselves that gift of of being still enough to hear our mm-hmm. bodies, they will get us a lot further.
1: I mean, we hear this lesson all the time. Life is about the stillness. It's about the moments of transition. Mm-hmm. It's... And... I think it's all about the messenger and the timing. Like you said, the yep. teacher appears when you're ready for that. Mm-hmm. But seeing and witnessing all of that for that role and seeing the transformation from when I met you to now. Yeah. It's it already started at this level, but like yeah. And to me you're just getting started mm. from this new profound Standard. Hold the standard, as we say at Do Gym. <laughs> you've you've held a, a whole new Deuce. standard. Yeah, a whole new standard yeah. for yourself. And it to me, it's so exciting. Yeah. Because now it's now it's very very much less of me telling you what you need for the next piece of food. You're telling me. Yeah. This is what I need, <laughs> and that's the goal. So, yeah. and it also becomes like you being able to say, "This is what I need." in my life. This is what I need in my day. This is what I need at work. This is what I need from the team around me. Yes, And look, no expectations, but no exceptions either.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. No exceptions. My goodness. (laughs) You know what my next goal is in life? I want to become an intuitive cook. So now you've okay. given me the tools. You give me the tools to know what to ask of other people yes. to prepare for me. The next step is being able to do it for myself. Okay. What is intuitive cooking like in your mind? What does that? You are like? an intuitive cook. I, ladies and gents, <laughs> and everyone else, Mary, helped me make uh, some food oh, for right. Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. I uh, forgot about that. Was that a year ago? Two. Was it two years ago. Two. Oh my god! It was two years ago. Um we made stuffing. Mm-hmm. I've never made stuffing in my life. And Mary came over to help me make stuffing. Mm-hmm. And I love that you came over to make but you were not blood and you were <laughs> you were giving me like you were like eyeballing things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, 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 and you what are, are you doing? stressed out about it. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, I need to understand if I'm going to do this again, I need to understand the measurements. Yes. I need to understand how long does this cook for? And, and, and like, I'm not an intuitive cook. I Yet. I, yet. yet. Mm. I want to have that ability to trust my tongue, mm-hmm. to tell me what to do in the pan, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that I've seen you do. And your food tastes like intuition. Mm -hmm. When I eat your food, I'm like, it doesn't taste like a diploma. Mm -hmm. It tastes like living, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's something uh, to that. You can tell when food has been made. It makes me emotional. Intuitively. You know, there's just something different. And that means that the food tastes different all the time. I've been eating your food now for over two years Mm -hmm. and like, it's the same but different, you mm-hmm. know, and that you have the freedom, the mental freedom to improvise. Mm-hmm. I would like that. I don't want to be stuck to, oh, well, ugh, this thing is missing from this recipe and now I can't cook this right, thing. Right, I admire people who are in the kitchen. They go and they open the fridge. Yeah, and They're like, <laughs> let's get this. Let's get this. Because they understand gastronomy. Is that what you're saying? It's, it's
1: like balance of flavors. Um, yeah. Chef Michael Mina explained it to me because when I first started, um, he had invited me to do a pop-up, mm-hmm. a fine dining pop-up. And mm-hmm. it was to be the first ever paleo pop-up. Mm-hmm. And I went to meet him, meet the staff, et cetera. I brought him something I prepared. But he had happened to just written an article saying that no one should call themselves a chef unless they've been a chef in a restaurant for 10 years. And I oh. had chosen Paleo Chef because it was available and that's just what made sense what I was doing and i only been Paleo Chef for three months. So of mm. course, when I met him and I met the staff, I brought up the article. I said, I just read your article. How do you feel about me calling myself Paleo Chef? Like, does that rub you the wrong way? Because I always wanted to hear his opinion on that. Because I, of course, at the time wasn't calling myself chef, chef. But he said, explain to me how you prepared this dish. And so it was the turmeric coriander braised lamb, which you've had. Mm. And I'm telling him how I prepared it. And he's like, I cannot teach that. You brought a tomato in to this recipe. The tomato, I don't know what kind of tomato is, where it was in its ripeness. And you had to adjust everything around it to not accommodate but highlight where this tomato was in its journey. huh And that can't be taught. That's what makes you a chef, which a chef is um there's there's a cook, recipe follower, and a chef. And a chef
2: <laughs> I'm will a make, recipe follower for
1: sure. <laughs> and this was something I read in somebody else's book, but it's like a chef makes the person that's enjoying the meal feel like I'm going to remember this moment. I'm going to remember this meal, this yes, experience. Like yes. what an experience. And so that stuck with me because it made me feel like, okay, I don't have imposter syndrome. I mean, mm. I still do, but I was like, okay, I yeah. feel a little more confident. I was like, so you're saying I'm a chef? He's like, you're a chef. I'm like, could you say that
2: into the, into <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. but record?
1: But that's what I want to teach my clients. That's what I want to teach my friends and, and my readers is we all have our own palate. Yes. So when you become an intuitive cook Mm -hmm. you're going to create art Mm -hmm. every single time you step into your kitchen Mm -hmm. and you're going to experience that art for yourself Mm -hmm. and you're going to prepare a dish for your loved ones Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. going to be Mm -hmm. art you're Mm -hmm. serving them Mm -hmm. that they will never experience again Mm -hmm. that it's one Mm -hmm. of one listen so like it's sign me up the thing about cooking is it's it's (laughs) how do you learn that though through playing
0: huh through playing oh but how do you play
1: so the way that I like to get people to play and understand intuitive cooking, mm. the way I discovered this was on accident. I had um a male client who was really excited to impress a, a lady friend. And he was like, I want to cook, but I don't know how to cook. And yeah, I went to his house and all he had was salt and butter flavoring. Oh. That's all he had. That's all he had. Not butter. even butter, butter flavoring. And I was like, What is this? And I smell it and I taste something. Like, this is terrible. I'll be right back. So I went to the store. I got our proteins, our veggies, and I got him an array of spices Mm. and an array of herbs. Mm. And I said, sit down. Mm. Let's taste each one of these spices.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: you tell me what you taste. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you smell with this herb. Tell Mm. me how it makes you feel. Mm Because that's how we're going to learn about how you respond to food. Also learning about how your body might be craving certain things nutritionally as well. Because you'll have cravings towards that. Yeah. So he goes through this whole thing. He's super excited, very tall, handsome, charming man who's usually very stoic. And then we're making a dish together and we're adding all the different spices that he he liked. And we're finding balance with salt and acidity. And then I I go, okay, now taste it. What does you need? What does it need? And he goes, I think it needs
2: paprika. And he said it with such
1: confidence. Hey! And then he goes, Does it though? I go. For your palette, yes, because you're showing me what your version of a perfect dish is for tonight, and it's fun. So now that's really freeing. I mean, I wish. Yeah, wow. So that's how we're gonna make you an intuitive cook. All right, and then you're gonna make this art for me. Okay, that then we will destroy by eating it,
0: (laughs) and we'll just have the memory of it. And I think that's that's so amazing. It's giving permission to play Mm -hmm. that. We've never been given. I've never been, I've never given myself that provision. It's also not been given to me, mm-hmm. right? So I, when it comes, I think the pressure is always on because I'm only ever cooking to eat because I'm hungry, mm-hmm. right? It's not to explore. So to grant that freedom. To explore and to learn in those kinds of incremental steps is interesting. It's just how you learned about
1: nutrition in your body right. through this process, yeah. not all at once, but like little mm-hmm. by little. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're gonna you're gonna teach me to become an intuitive chef. Is yes. this a promise? It's a promise. <laughs> I might hire you to be my chef. I need one. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Hey, to well, eat. baby steps, baby
1: steps. We said we're starting small. <laughs> so we're coming to the end of our time. I got prompted, yeah, because um, I feel like we can go. I know we have so many other things we could talk
0: about. Yes. It's could to be endless. Um,
1: but I'm not really sure how I want it. I could either, I love the quote that you shared in its totality about surrendering. Mm. Um, or we can go more into what eat, play, crush means to you.
0: I think the eat, play, crush of it is for me coming to terms with surrender I guess I'm also right now at a point where uh, I feel awake. Mm-hmm. I feel awake in a way that is feels new. I guess I've realized through this crazy process of transformation through my body and what it has, the, the lessons that it has presented to me is that you got to stay awake to what you are going through mm-hmm. and what effect the world is having on you mm. in order to recalibrate um, and af- influence the directions in which you move. For me, that is about also, the, the, the first, I, let me share that quote and then maybe it'll help. Um, it's I was reading this book, <laughs> The Five Invitations by Frank Ostaseski and... It's a, I won't read the whole thing, but he has this incredible section about surrender mm-hmm. and what it means. And I'm just going to read this last bit. Surrender happens when we stop fighting. We stop fighting against ourselves. We stop fighting with life. We stop fighting with death. Surrender is a state in which resistance of any kind ceases to occur. Mm-hmm. We no longer put up any defense. Mm-hmm. And that feels like, that can feel like, um, giving up,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it's not actually, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's opening up mm-hmm. because there's only so much that we're in control of in life. And when we become aware of how little we are in control of, we can t- take charge of what we are, of what we can, mm-hmm. you know? And so recognizing the difference between taking control and taking charge have been a major lesson for me over the last few years. I don't feel like I need to, I'm not a control freak in the sense that it's my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. Actually, I prefer to be a member of a team. I prefer to have support. I find great value in support Mm -hmm. forming teams because I know that I only, my talents um, and my life experience only go so far. And I, I can go farther when I go with people who are talented in their various areas, like you, you know, mm-hmm. like finding those people who can complement what it is that I wanna do and support what it is I wanna do. I do so much better in that kind of environment. In order for me to do that, I still have to be the leader of my own life. Mm-hmm. So I've often found myself resisting being in control, but in the past, what that has resulted in is sometimes me not taking charge of the Mm -hmm. things that I must take charge of. So I'm basically leaving my life in someone else's hands uh, and then being devastated when it didn't reactive. go my way and, you know, when it didn't go like I thought it was because I thought you were the expert, mm-hmm. you know, when you can't rely on people to an extent that you give up uh, your own agency. Mm-hmm. So I have discerned the difference between control and taking charge. And now in this season of awakenedness, mm-hmm. if that's even a word, <laughs> I um embracing taking charge which means that i'm in the driver's seat of my life mm-hmm. i get to determine where it goes i can't control um the obstacles that i might experience but i can influence the direction in which i drive right and so that in in order to stay in charge i need to practice surrender mm. You know, and that will give me the dexterity to make the swerves that mm-hmm. I need to make mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah. You know, so and that surrender also, it's not something you do once. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. You do it every day. Every time you feel yourself tense up, your shoulders come up and, and you realize it and let go again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are practicing surrender. Surrender is a practice and... I am by no means an expert in it, but I, uh, the student is in the surrender seat and I'm willing to learn. (laughs) Yeah. You've taken, whether inspired by that book or that quote,
1: it's, you've taken a word that feels like a giving up and you've made it a position of offense.
0: It's active. It's very active. To me, that's
1: what E-Play Crush Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. It's being on the offense, but going with the flow because- Life be lifing. Life
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> be lifing, boy. <laughs> well, thank you again from the bottom of my heart.
0: Thank you. This has been fun. These are, these are areas that I don't get asked questions much about. And I'm really passionate about this stuff. And I also don't necessarily know how to talk about it. So mm. talking about it with you feels safe because... Uh, I've been on this journey with you, mm-hmm. um, and because you know when you're talking about things like nutrition, there's so many belief systems, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so so easy to be contested. And yeah. I, I don't yeah. want to be an expert in no, any of this, no. but and I am a practitioner of eating. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are great at that. <laughs> and it's not. I just loved. I I've ha- absolutely enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Whether
1: or not we keep this in, I just want to know in general. Yeah critical feedback as my first guest. Ooh. What can I do better? What did I do well?
0: That's a really good thing to ask and good for you. I would say critical feedback. Mm-hmm. I think you're a really great, um, you ask great questions. You're also an incredible listener. And I think you know that. Really? <laughs> you are. Okay. okay, great. Yeah, because this interview has felt um, organic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like you're reading from a script or some sort of like uh, p- p- predetermined set of questions mm-hmm. that you were going to ask. It's felt very much like you've kept you're you've been good at like keeping things moving, mm-hmm. but also. Having your next question be informed by what's just been shared, which mm-hmm. is makes me feel very seen mm-hmm. <laughs> as as an interviewer, because obviously when you're on this interviewee because mm-hmm. when you're on this side, uh, you're the one thing you're thinking is, how am I doing, how am I doing, how am I doing? Yeah. And when you when you respond with a question that is informed by the things I've just said, it's like very calming. well, I want to give you
1: space. Obviously I know your cadence and all that stuff but yeah. but I feel like everyone's rushing to get that 10 second hit yeah, that, yeah. and to me essence comes from the storytelling mm-hmm. and this and I I I want I want to listen to what you have to say and be inspired by it yeah. versus giving it as tell me what you ate this morning exactly thing, you know?
0: no so it's felt very open and free form and I, I've enjoyed it it's but it also hasn't felt like without a point which right. is also not fun when right. it's like what are we talking about right so I feel very I've felt very safe through this process um I think one thing in maybe in the future do is have some pointless questions to start with okay because I was actually really nervous oh no' a <laughs> nervous no I I I'm
1: like oh shit here here we are my hair like (laughs) let me obsess about something nonsensical because I'm nervous look at my hair is not perfect (laughs) and when really I'm like okay I'm stepping into a whole new yeah like I woke up this morning nervous yeah and I'm like, you know what, Mary? Don't be. An- You're a podcaster. Yes. This, this you yes. are. You are stepping into the media. This yes. is you want to have a voice. Yeah. So I was nervous, and then yeah. I was thinking, I was like, oh, maybe I should ask her, like, what's on her playlist today? Yeah. Or,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think like some <laughs> icebreaker questions. You know, and not completely off, but like, just like questions that are just, (laughs) just before so that the launch into the, the, into the podcast can be kind of like a Trojan horse. Yeah, yeah. You know, that would be helpful. Can you give me an example of a question? Um, I think something that doesn't require much, like much deep thought to begin with. So like, I don't know, this, this, Podcast is about eat, create, eat, eat, play, crush. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, like, okay, um, the Spotify thing is not a bad idea. Like, what's on your playlist when you're, you know, when you're trying to pump yourself up? Or I don't know. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe a question about. um, I guess that's my job to figure out. Yes, exactly. Hello, don't make me do your work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh <laughs>
1: You've made it to the Performance Spotlight, aka Free Game, the segment where I highlight something that you can apply as soon as you're done listening to this episode. This is my attempt to add to your repertoire in a way that I like to call habit stacking, where instead of trying to change everything overnight, I share one good habit upon another with each episode and let you design the stack of happy habits that work for you. Today's Spotlight is fermented foods. These are foods that have been preserved using the process of fermentation, which involves to growth of beneficial bacteria and yeast that break down sugars and starches. Fermented foods are an excellent source of probiotics, which is live bacteria that can help restore the balance of your gut. This can improve digestion, strengthen your immune system and protect against disease. And if you know anything about my work, it all begins with healing the gut first. Examples of fermented foods include yogurt, kefir, sauerkraut, kombucha, and kimchi. You can find these in stores or venture into making your own at home. And if you prefer to get probiotics as a supplement, you can check out a brand I use personally and with my clients, who also happens to be a sponsor of this podcast, LiveCap, which you can learn more about our partnership on my website, eplaycrush.com. Hope you got something out of this and be sure to tune in to each episode so you can come away with at least something from this particular segment that you can use to improve your life. And that is it on today's episode. Thanks so much for hanging out. Your time and attention never goes unappreciated. If anything in today's show stood out to you, I encourage you to share it to social and tag me. That is how you can help a little independent show like mine grow. And of course, rate, review, and subscribe to Eat Play Crush wherever it is you get your podcasts. If you want to follow me, I'm at PaleoChef on social media or the show at Eat Play Crush. You want to stay in touch via my newsletter or get your hands on the gut reset, visit EatPlayCrush.com. And Until next time, be well, do good, and trust your gut.